Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, we have a guest, a guest who grew up with Arabic as his first language. He has been raised and still lives in that part of the world we call the Middle East. His name is Danny Al Nasser. Thank you, Danny, for being with us. Now, as we open our program, give us a blessing in the Arabic language. Yes, thank you, Pastor Jim. Which translated English would roughly say, Yeah, thank you for having me here today, and uh, I pray that this will glorify the name of Jesus. And as we come back, you're going to hear this man's story, which will inspire, stretch, and encourage you. Stay with us. Daniel Nasser, you're a young man in your 20s, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And you were born in Jordan. Yeah, exactly. And that's where you grew up. Yeah. And tell us about growing up in Jordan, about your family and the culture that raised you up. Yeah, growing up in Jordan, in a country where 97% of the population are Muslim Sunni and 3% Christians, made it hard for me to meet any Christian in my life. I have never met a Christian at that point not before I become like 20 years old. So uh, I lived in this uh, Islamic country, in this Islamic culture. I have learned the Islamic traditions, the teaching of the Quran, how to live as a Muslim. I grew up in a family of eight members. I'm the oldest of my siblings, four brothers and two sisters. And um, my family, they were moderate Muslims, uh, we were not fanatic or something like that. So I used to see my mother praying sometimes, and my father, he used to serve at the mosque uh, for a certain time of his life, like five years or so, but he quit after that. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I learned to pray and to try to do the good works that to please God. And I'm hearing you describe a scenario that probably was like many people in your country, many families who had this kind of uh, Islamic frame to their lives, not necessarily consumed by their religion, but honoring the traditions and the faith that has been a part of the Muslim world. Is that fair? Yeah, that's and, right. And many people in Jordan and other countries would have that experience. Mm -hmm. As a boy growing up, you'd go to the mosque sometimes, and as you described, you, you tried to do good things to please God. Tell us about uh, as you became a man, as you grew older and started to individuate. Everybody does that in life. You, we yeah. all come to a place where we start making decisions for ourselves, not just reflecting our family's values. What happened? How did you decide? Did you think, well, boy, I want to dive deeper into this religious culture, or maybe I want to step out of it? What did you think? You know, the majority of Muslims, because Islam came the last religion after Christianity, after Judaism, and we believe that we believe in one God in heaven. Uh, there is no more than one God, and uh, he's the God of Christians and God of Jews. So we believe as Muslims that our religion is the correct religion, it's the true religion, because it has replaced Christianity and Judaism. It succeeded them and That's came right. in the last epoch, as it were. That's right. That's why we don't consider Christianity or Judaism at all. I used to believe, like all Muslims do, that our religion has concluded Christianity, the teachings of Christianity and the teaching of Judaism in the Quran, in the Quranic teachings. So I have never, at that point of my life, I have never thought about 
considering Christianity or reading about Christianity. But you believe there was a God, and that God That's was right. disclosed through the prophet and most completely disclosed by the prophet. Yeah, exactly. I would go to the mosque and pray, and I found it hard to please God because you have to do this and to do that and to do that and to dress in this certain way and to eat in this certain way, not to do that. You know, many regulations. And if you want to do that, you have to be committed to this. And uh, if you decided to be committed, that means your life will be changed. It's, it's not going to be the same. So it's, it was hard sometimes, but I reached the point in my life where I was trying to find happiness, like to know what, what really makes me happy in life. And um, I was thinking of money, and I figured it out later that money is not going to make me happy because I might lose my health or I might lose my family. So what else can make me happy? Maybe a hobby, if I have hobby that is going to make me happy. So I was considering becoming a singer. I want to sing songs and to become famous, and uh, that didn't work out. Maybe because my, I don't have nice voice. <laughs> I don't know, so. But, um, but in uh, the end, you, you decided maybe God can make me happy. That's right, because God is the source of the world, of everything. He's the source of our life, and He only has the ability to change and transform our life because I believe he's almighty God. He's like, there is no one like him and whatever he wants, does. So I turned to God and my true commitment to Islam happened in the year 2006 when uh, that Danish cartoonist, you know, draw some paints of the Prophet Muhammad. When there was in the Danish newspaper some cartoons of Muhammad, which is considered sacrilegious in the Islamic world. That's right. And when that happened, you found yourself making a decision. That's right, because I felt like I was really touched by the movement in our Islamic world. People were trying to defend the Prophet. And it's my nature, this is my personality. If I want to engage in anything, I love to be loyal to that thing. I don't love to be in the middle or to make a balance between the world and God. So I decided that if I am to defend the prophet, then I must be loyal and faithful to this religion. and Give your whole self to it. That's right. And, and when we come back, Danny, I want to talk about what that meant, how you translated that commitment into a new way of life. I'm speaking with Daniel Nasser. He grew up in Jordan, a man who was pursuing life and happiness. He knew nothing about Christianity or Judaism or any other world religion. He only knew the Muslim faith, which had raised him up. And Danny, you've just been telling us that in 2006, in the controversies surrounding some cartoons of the Prophet that were published in Danish newspapers, there was this huge backlash in the Islamic world against this. And you found yourself jumping and saying, I'm going to defend the prophet. I'm going to give my whole self to honoring him. What did that mean for you? What changed up in your life when you made that choice? Yeah, I, I just want to tell anyone who is feeling like Islam is the greatest religion in the world, I want him to know that I really felt that way. And I was really feeling the love of God and the love of the prophet from my side. I used to love God and love the Prophet, and I want to defend them and stand up for them and, you know, to share 
my Islam with everyone in the world because I felt like, yeah, this is the purpose. This is the goal of my life. So if anyone is going through that, he is listening now to someone who's been there. I was trying to please God with all my ability. I would pray five times a day. I would go to the mosque. Actually, I uh, bought the dress, the uh, Islamic dress, and I started to grow, grow my beard. I was young, but I, I, you know, I was trying. And uh, I would do everything according to the Islamic teachings. For example, when I'm about to eat, I would eat with my right hand. Not because I am right-handed, but because I believe that God wants me to do that. If I am to take the bus to some place, I would say the transportation prayer. I would repeat many prayers along the day because I believe that God wants me to do that. I would even the restroom. If I want to go to the restroom, I would go with my left leg because this is where God wants. Every so, every detail of life is regulated in some way. Everything. Yeah. So I was really this committed. I wanted to please God in everything, but always at the end of the day, there was something missing. There was something inside my heart is telling me that I am not fulfilled. I'm not satisfied. So I didn't know what 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 was the wrong. But you had surrendered yourself to the pursuit of God in this frame of reference to your ultimate capacity. I mean, you were willing to do anything if you thought God was asking you to do it. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's even, right. even as people were making decisions to become suicide bombers, in your mind, you thought, I would do that. Actually, I wanted to go to paradise because I was looking at this world like a place with no value, not worthy to, you know, just to live it to my desires, to uh, live the way I want to live here, because I will never uh, be satisfied. You know, there's nothing in this world would satisfy me. I just came to that conclusion that time. And it was not something that I only believed, but I have seen people experience that, and at last, they lost everything. And so there was no fulfillment, there was no satisfaction. So that's why I wanted to go to paradise, because in paradise, I'll, I'll be fulfilled, I'll be satisfied, and everything will be there, like, whatever I want. So I wanted to go to that place. And the only way to get there yeah. this, was to give Yeah, this life? is my point. Before that, I thought I have to do good works. I used to do that, good works every day, every day. Even I, I forced my brothers to go to the mosque with me. And I forced my sisters to wear hijab. And, uh, you know, I tried my best. But I, st I still feel there's something wrong. I'm not going to heaven. There was no assurance inside my heart telling me that you are going to heaven. So as I read in the Islamic teachings, it's obvious. Actually, people try to deny that. But it's obvious in the Quran and in the Sunnah, al-Hadith, the stories of Muhammad, the sayings of Muhammad, it's obvious that the only two ways that you can go to heaven is by converting people to Islam. This one, God is going to take all of your uh, bad works and put them on some infidel, and he will get, get you to heaven. The second way is to die in the path of Allah, in the path of Islam. So the first one, I can't do that one because it's not guaranteed. First of all, I'm, I'm living in a country where everyone is a Muslim. I don't know Christians. And uh, I'm not sure that I, I can convert anyone to Islam. That was like an uh, impossible mission because everyone who converted someone to Islam, he's like a hero. It's not an easy mission. 
But the second one, I was considering that. If God wants me to die in his path, if God wants me to do that, I'm going to do it. And the only way to do that is to take the lives of some infidels with you. And that was in Iraq. So I was mentally trained to hate Jewish and Christians, which is obvious in the, in the Quran. We cannot become friends with them. We cannot do that because we are instructed to kill them. So the only way was to go to Iraq. I was young. I did not have the chance to go there, but I was ready to do that if God wants me to do it. And you believe that in so doing, you'd be guaranteed a doorway to paradise. And, and it was really... Absolutely. It was not so much to be hateful as it was to please God. That's right. And, and to find your way into his favor. Yeah, this is what I, what I say all the time. If you sit with a suicide bomber before he, you know, explored himself, you would, you know, be surprised by what does he really think. He wants to please God. This is the first place. He doesn't care about who you are. He doesn't hate you personally. He doesn't know you, but he wants to please God. So, yeah, here's that thing about the suicide bombers or people who think that way. They want to please God. They want to, you know, they, do, they feel like not worthy to go to heaven because we know that inside our hearts that we are not God and we are evil people because we have hatred in our hearts. We have greed. We have like uh, jealousy, all, all kind of bad things we, uh, in our nature. So we are sure we are not going to paradise or to heaven. The only way is by giving our life away. And, and, that, and that is going to give us the assurance to go to heaven. And this is what the suicide bombers think about. And in the end, though, Danny, you concluded that even that was not going to fulfill you. And when we come back for our last segment, I want to hear what happened to you next. Who died for me and lived my life 
Daniel Nasser gave himself to the pursuit of the Islamic faith. He was willing to do anything God would ask of him. He tried to conform to every rule and regulation. He even trained his mind to be willing to become a suicide bomber if necessary, to please God and to find favor with him, all in the pursuit of some fulfillment in life that was always escaping. But Danny, I know that you came to a point after doing all of that, going right to the edge of even giving your life, you determined that it was a dead end. It just was not bringing you life, and so you stepped away. And somebody who was not well-schooled in Christianity, who didn't even know really about Jesus, passed by you one day, met with you, and, and seeing your frustration, suggested that you read the Bible. Is that, is that the yeah, way it happened? Actually, maybe I was not brave enough to explode myself. So I quit going to the mosque. I, I still believe that there is God in heaven, but I don't understand him. I don't understand how to go to heaven. So I just submitted my case, and uh, I quit go to, to the mosque. But I decided not to think about it, not to think about eternity or about the last life. And uh, that time I met with this friend who is ex-Muslim, but he's not a Christian. He was in the face of atheism or something like that. So he said, I believe that the Quran does not have the answer, nor I believe that the Bible does. Why don't you just read the Bible? Maybe you will find something interesting there. So he's just throwing out options for you because he knows you're unhappy. Yeah. And so you went online because there are no Bibles. You hadn't seen a Bible. There aren't Bibles just lying around your village or your town, right? No, no Bible. I haven't seen one in my life. Maybe I was 10 years old when I saw a Bible. But that was for one day or something after that, my uncle just burned it. So I haven't seen one. So now you're a young man, and you go online, and you find a passage that changes your world. I mean, really, the scripture that you discovered Mm -hmm. changed everything for you. And that was in Matthew's Gospel. You found it online. Yeah, that's right. You know, I have learned to hate my enemies because God has enemies. So I learned to hate the enemy and to deceive them. But... I was reading Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43, and when Jesus said, love your enemies, that verse just shocked me. I, I, it took me a while to understand what, what this person is talking about. Love your enemies? I don't understand this. I have never heard of such a thing. I learned to 
kill my enemy or to hate him. At least if I can't kill him under the, the law of the country, then I shouldn't like say hi to him or talk to him, try to bother him. But Jesus said, love your enemy. This took me to another level, a new level of humanity, of thinking, of uh, spirituality. That time, that moment, I was converted and I believed that Jesus is extraordinary person. Let me read to you Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. This is actually what the scripture says that you read. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I, Jesus, say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. And you're telling me that that concept was so revolutionary that you knew immediately, wait a minute, Jesus must be greater even than the prophet if he could think and speak like this. Yeah, I was thinking, why would God cancel such a religion or consider it to be false when the founder of that religion is saying, love your enemy, and replace it with another religion saying, kill your enemy? I, I couldn't understand that. There was no succession or progress in that. Right, and uh, as I was reading more and more of the Bible, I found verses like, I'm the truth. Our prophet, he did not say that. He said, there is the truth. You can do that to go to, the, to reach the truth. But Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the light of the world. And I'm going to prove that by my miracles. So he raised deaf people from the, the death. He uh, healed people. So I was wondering, why would God send us a prophet who doesn't do any miracle? Nothing at all. So these questions start to, you know, to come to my mind. Even though I was, you know, sold out to Jesus, I was... Jesus was the extraordinary person who is worthy to be followed. And uh, I, I started to think about that and to tell people, to discuss that with them. Like, hey, look at this. See this. Jesus did this here, and he said this. Why, don't, uh, uh, why doesn't our prophet did that? So at that time, I believe I was converted to Christianity. And five years have passed, at least, since that huge moment in your life. And I know, Danny, that uh, you have been able to understand now, even by the testimony of people around you in your family, uh, in your original community, still in a Muslim frame, but they're looking at you and saying, you're different. I mean, do you believe that Jesus actually transformed your life and made you different? Well, I, um, I moved to live in another country after my conversion, and I was living among Christians. I was learning, and it was a long uh, spiritual journey. After five years, I decided to go back to Jordan to, to meet my family, and I did not expect what, what happened. Because when I get there, to my home, to my old home, there was a comparison initiated in my mind. The comparison between the old Danny and the new Danny. The difference, the gap between them, the transformation, the radical transformation was obvious, so obvious that my family could not help but to tell me, you are a new person. Who are you? We don't know you. Because everything has changed. You know, religions change people on the outside. They change the way they look, the way they speak. But with Jesus, the transformation was in the heart. So I was able to love. Not because I want anything from the people I loved. Not because I want anything from God. Because God has given me everything on the cross. God has promised me eternity and heaven. So I was going to heaven anyway, but I love people out of the love of God that has been poured into my heart. 
So that transformation was rec- recognized by my family, and some of them were crying, and they would come to me and ask me, what happened? Who changed you this way? Does religion change you, Christianity? And I was like, Jesus is not a religion. Jesus is life giver. He is the source of life. And he promised to change me, and he did that. So, yeah, that, that comparison, it was in reality. It was not only something that took place in my mind. Danny, your story is so inspiring. I know there are people listening today who think, I want that. <laughs> they may have heard about Jesus. They may have read about Jesus. They may not have ever really thought about Jesus, but they hear you speaking about life made new. They're thinking, I want that. And we want everyone who's listening to know you can have that too. The same Jesus that reached into Danny's life and has made him new, blessed him and encouraged him and transformed him, that same Jesus would love to do the same in your life. I want to add something, Pastor Jim. I want to tell people that I'm not telling my story to try to convert people or I don't know you and your conversion doesn't mean anything to me. But I'm here to tell my story in order to let you know that you have hope and the only hope that you you have is in love. And there is no way to love except through Jesus Christ because Jesus proved his love and he manifested his love on the cross. So love came to my life, I became someone who loves his family, and his family loves him back. This was not there, and I believe that this transformation is going to be astonishing for everyone around you if you just believe in Jesus Christ and you put your trust in him. And you can take a step that way with us right now by joining us in prayer. Do this first with us. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for your love your grace, and your kindness. And we thank you for your son, Jesus, who came into this world that we might know you and know your love and be transformed by it. And for everyone listening today who joins us in this prayer, we ask that your love will clothe and transform and call the best out of each one who prays. We surrender, Lord, our lives into your hand. We admit that we need your forgiveness and that we cannot by ourselves make things right, but we trust Jesus to make it right for us. Thank you for hearing our prayer, and I pray, Lord, that there will be souls redeemed now with new life. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen. And if you prayed that with us, I want to encourage you to give us a call. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, wherever you are, pick up the phone, give us a call, let us speak with you about Jesus and about life. You can also check us out online. Go to cbhviewpoint.org, that's Christians Broadcasting Hope, cbhviewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry there, you can also send us an email, we will reply, or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But by whatever method you choose, please, let us hear from you this week. Danny, so glad to have you in our company always. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. And we thank you for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again next week as we visit some more with Danny, and he talks to us about how we can speak to people in the Islamic world in a way that loves them 
but also honors Christ. For everyone at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.